Hello and welcome to the Evident Church Podcast, where we take a deeper dive into the Word of God. Whether it's expanding on our current sermon series, exploring a topic of the Bible, or focusing on a specific passage, our hope is that this podcast will lead to Jesus and discover a new appreciation for the Bible. This is Episode 3, The Incarnation. Hello and welcome to Evident Church Podcast. This is episode three. My name is Nathan Tunison. And I am Josh Hostler. And we decided to do a special topic today for the holiday season. Uh, we were going to recap a series that we just got done with called Dawn is Coming. But at the last second, we decided to change things up instead of doing a sermon series recap to do a topic and we are going to do the topic of the incarnation. Yeah, every time I say the word incarnation, I think of the movie Nacho Libre. <laughs> Incarnacion. <laughs> yes, um, this is this is a topic that I absolutely love. And going through going through the research that I did getting into this, I just got more and more excited because it is so rich and it's so vast. There is so much to it. And often uh, either goes ignored or, or just not talked about enough, in, in mm-hmm. my eyes at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let me start by sharing a quick story uh, to kind of set the, the tone for this, uh, this podcast. So when I was in college, uh, one day we were in class, I think it was a systematic theology class. And I will never forget this. Our professor gave us some homework at the end of class. He said, I want you to go home and I want you to think about what is the greatest miracle recorded in the Bible, the greatest mm-hmm. miracle that's ever taken place. So we go home, we're talking about it. We're all kind of like pastor, like Bible students and talking about it and comparing stories and just like marveling at all the amazing stories in the Bible. Right. There's so much there. Like from creation to, you know, walking on water. Yeah. yeah. Like how do you pick one? Yeah. So we come back to class, the next class and he says, okay, what is, what is your answer? So everyone is kind of shouting out, you know, just whatever they thought their answers were, you know, so many amazing things, just amazing, amazing miracles. And he kept saying no to every single one of them. And he said, no, the greatest miracle in the entire Bible is the incarnation, um, that God became one of us. Yeah, very cool. I mean, yeah, because how how do you pick just one? But it it really is when it Mm -hmm. it boils down to, um, you know, from cover to cover of the the Bible and these collective 66 books Mm -hmm. that we have, um, it really is just the greatest miracle. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, obviously God can do anything. You know, creation probably one of the biggest things. So he can do anything he wants to do. He's he's capable, but what's most amazing about it is that he chooses to. Right. That God chooses to take on flesh. And that that's really what it means. We'll get into that in a second. But Right. Because I wanted to pick a theme, um a theme this year that that is just based around hope. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the for the year that we have, you know, I don't want to get into specifics, but there's just a lot of things about this year, you know, depending on the person, um, that can make you feel hopeless. So I wanted mm-hmm. to pick something uh, that really encompasses the theme of hope, uh, just to counterbalance, and and really that's what this season is all about. It's all about the hope that a savior came, uh, and that he kickstarted a ministry of of just divine miracles and and making a way for us to be with him and to be reconciled with God 
and it's just an awesome topic. So I think mm-hmm. a really good spot uh, to start with would be, you know, what is the incarnation? We we might know it, but, you know, what's what's the overall um, definition of it, and what does it mean? Do you mm-hmm. want to kind of go yeah. into that? Yeah, so the incarnation is the Christian doctrine that teaches that Jesus became flesh, that he that he is God in the flesh, that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Yeah, in my research, I, I came across a pretty cool definition in the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary. Um, it says the incarnation literally means enfleshment, or, or slightly more fully, embodiment in flesh. And I just thought that mm-hmm. was kind of a cool way to, to look at it, uh, just a little bit more... Um, defined. Yeah. One of the verses in John uh, chapter 1, I think it's verse 14, um, says that uh, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Mm-hmm. And it's literally uh, the phrase, uh, pitched His tent among yeah. us. And, you know, for the Jewish reader, uh, they would have heard that and, and thought back to the, the days of the tabernacle. Right, right. You know, how God's presence was there in the tabernacle, which was a traveling tent as they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Right. And how John's proclaiming again to them, like, Jesus is God now coming to camp among us and be with us again. Yeah, and just, just on my nerdy side, I think, like, anything within the New Testament, most of the times where you see dwelling is mm. is to tabernacle, to, to yeah. have a tabernacle. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. He, he pitched his tent. So a couple of key places we get this. Um, there's a lot of verses. Um, so Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Um, that doesn't necessarily talk about Jesus taking on the character or the, the traits of being human, but it does talk about God coming to be with us. Yeah, and I, I pulled out a verse that I found from... Um one of the early church founders, he lived about a hundred years roughly after the death of Jesus. And he said this, he said, there is one physician who is both flesh and spirit born and yet not born, who is God in man, true life in death, both of Mary and of God, first passable and then impassable Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I thought that was Mm. just, it kind of brought everything everything about incarnation into mm-hmm. one verse, and that was in mm-hmm. his epistle. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it brings to mind as well for me um, Colossians. Colossians talks about Jesus being uh, the image of yeah. the invisible God. Yeah. So, you know, he is in, in human form, he is God. He is a representation of God in human form. Right, right. So another really cool area in the Bible where we get the example of the incarnation is just the first chapter of John, John 1. And I thought it's funny that John doesn't use the term son anywhere within the first few verses because he easily could have said that the son of God was going to come and dwell with us and become human. But instead, he uses the term the word. And the word was a term used in the Old Testament. So to ancient readers, it would have just been a flag to some of these verses that you would have seen in the Old Testament. And one that really stands out to me is, uh, as a good example, is Genesis 15. And, and Abraham had a vision where he was with God, but he wasn't with God. He was with the word of the Lord. And it's really cool that John uses that language to link this. Um, and to, to bring that back to the New Testament, there's an example in John 8, Jesus has this like really cool like mic drop moment where he says in verse uh, 56, 
your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and he was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So it has the, defin- uh, the divin- divine-, divine aspect of Jesus being fully God and fully man. And it's just such a cool example. Yeah, and some people uh, argue that Jesus never claimed to be God. I mean, even those verses right there right. Uh, contradict that because Jesus did claim to be God. That phrase, I am, is right. the same name that God gave to Moses in, in, a, in Exodus chapter 3 when, you know, Abraham said, or when Moses said, what's your name? Right. Right. And not only that, he used uh, the term a lot, the son of man. Mm-hmm. And the son of man is a reference to Daniel 7, um, starting around verse 13 or 14, mm-hmm. that the son of man was in the throne room of God, that there were two thrones and there was one like the son of man that came mm-hmm. down from the clouds. Yeah. So just saying, saying that ling- having that language got him in a lot of trouble. And actually at the very end of his life, um, when he was tried and they're asking he said, I am the son of man, and you'll see me coming down in the clouds. Mm-hmm. And that was a link. Uh, so he might have not directly said, I am God, but he had many instances where he was, the language he was using mm-hmm. uh, directly had him being fully man and fully God. Yeah, and ultimately that's what uh, what took him to the cross because right. they they claimed, the Jewish leaders claimed blasphemy right. that he was claiming to be God. So right after, it was yeah, his they own, tore yeah. the robes. And, yeah, yeah, it was all, his own what, claim to deity that uh that led him to be crucified yes yep so um so let me just summarize real quickly so the doctrine of the incarnation is that jesus is god in the flesh uh christianity believes that jesus was fully god and fully man at the same time um there are some potential controversies with this one of them comes from uh from philippians chapter Mm 2 let me read the verses and we can talk about it a little bit yeah so it says um in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, there it is again, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So the question uh, surrounds the idea of, of what, is, what, would it, what would it mean for him to, to make himself nothing or to empty himself? Right. And that's the debate, is when Jesus walked on the earth, how much of him was God, and right. how much of him was, was hum, uh, human, yeah, a man? Right, right. So there is a theory called the kenos theory, kenosis theory. I always want to say ketosis for yeah. all, all of our <laughs> keto, all keto fans. All the keto fans <laughs> that might be listening to this. And, and I do keto too, so I always want to say ketosis, uh, but no, kenosis theory and basically, that comes from the Greek word emptying. So the idea behind this theory is that Jesus becoming human would had to have emptied himself of some of his divine power. Uh, because it, it draws a couple questions. You know, at what point, um, what point does, does he begin being a man and end? And, and, and in the same sense, be, begin being God and not being God, you know, does, does, did Jesus have modes? Was, was he fully man at one minute, then divine at another where he's God? Um, but we don't see that. We see him being both man and, uh, man and God. 
Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak a little bit about yeah. that theory? Yeah, yeah. So it's I, yeah. So some people say he came to Earth, and when he came to Earth, he set aside his his divinity, um, his godness. Um, then when he died and rose again, that he took that back on and set aside his humanity. But like you said, that we don't see that in Scripture. That's that's a false doctrine, false teaching. Uh, we don't necessarily understand it, but God, but he was able to retain full humanity, right, and full divinity at the same time. Yeah, I mean, because it just it just falls in so many ways. We see so many examples during his lifetime of just the miracles that he uh, performed and some of the things that he was saying that only the Son of God truly could have done. And, you know, that, that verse in Philippians um, 2, 7, it's, it's more contextual than it is literal. It, I mean, it just speaks of Jesus leaving the glory, you know, the realm of the Father— to come and serve his people in a way that only God could have done, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think I got this cool verse out of um, out of Colossians. So the same person who wrote Philippians two seven also wrote this, saying, "See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ Himself, for in Him." The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have to be filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So the same person who said that he came, that he came and he had to empty himself is saying that he was fully mm-hmm. God and he was fully man and he had uh, uh, deity mm-hmm. within his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So scripture is clear that he was fully God. Maybe some might argue on the other side that he wasn't a fully man, you know. And so uh, here's what Scripture says, though, in Hebrews chapter 4. And I think this mm-hmm. is going to help us turn the corner to talk about, okay, what is significant? Why does this matter yeah. to us? But here's what Scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, this talk, all talking about Jesus, who has ascended, ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize or empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach the throne of God's grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's like one of my all-time... Yeah. Like, those are just one of my favorite verses. Like, yeah. It's just, it's so good. And, and so... You know, let's let's kind of tackle this. Why does the incarnation matter? Mm-hmm. And again, it kind of just speaks on that that theme of hope that that God would come down um, to serve, to serve, and, and to to perform in a way that that only He could. And if and if God could, uh, if Jesus could have had the Holy Spirit within Him, and to endure the world, you know, because there's there's three major things that we have to uh, avoid: the flesh, we have to avoid the world. And we have to avoid sin and um, and spiritual warfare, I should say. Um, but he was able to come and he was able to to just tackle all these things like a normal person would. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just that that hope within the incarnation is that if, if Jesus was able to come and do it for us to make a way for us, then our time on earth uh, could be one of living in the kingdom instead of living in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so awesome. I mean, obviously, he models for us what what the perfect human looks like right. and how they live. Um, and then also, I love the fact that he's 
able to empathize, not just sympathize, but he's able to empathize yes. with all of our weaknesses. Um, he understands everything that we've ever gone through because he's lived it. Right. Yeah. He knows the pains of this world. You know, God knows exactly what we're feeling when we're feeling it. Um, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And it just, it really shows us the need of a savior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that that he could understand exactly just the elements of this world that that makes living so difficult sometimes mm-hmm. and that you know when we when we fall back when we when we stumble um in some new testament terms when we backslide mm-hmm. that that we have a need of a savior to to have us to be reconciled with the father and he is that way and the only way to get to the father is through him mm-hmm. and that is true hope mm-hmm. you know it's, it's not it's not um we don't find hope within within medicine we don't find hope within and p- political leaders mm-hmm. we find hope within a savior who came who became fully man who became uh who mm-hmm. who endured the things that we endured and mm-hmm. we can find hope within that yeah it, it also uh that's that's awesome i, I just love that um you know, it, it tells us a lot about the heart of God too. Mm-hmm. Um, God could have saved us from a distance. Yes. You know, He could have just waved the magic wand and done it any way He wanted to, but that's not what He wanted to do. Um, he chose to come uh, beside us and be with us. Yeah, and that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because like you said, He could have at you know just a snap of the finger or, mm-hmm. or just speaking it into motion. He could have said, "Okay, yeah, all sin's gone. You're with yeah. me now." Yeah. Yeah, two quotes that I came across. Uh, I don't know the author of the first one, but they said, uh, we celebrate that even in a season marked by distance, we worship a God who draws near. Mm -hmm. And the next quote is by a guy named Charlie Reeb. He said, God came to us so we would come to him. Yeah, I think that's just really cool, especially that second one, that Mm -hmm. that we would come to him, that that there's still an action that, that we have to do on our end. Um, to to experience that, and really, that was that that ministry of of Jesus was to kickstart the the kingdom living on earth as in heaven, mm-hmm. and you know to do that, you know there is there's some action on our part to draw near to Him, mm-hmm. but you know as you get closer, as you get closer, and you draw more near to God, you just start seeing the richness in it, the, mm-hmm. in the vastness. And maybe it could be that I'm just getting older and I'm recognizing these things. And as life just becomes more stressful, you you uh, you get to see a clear view of just how wonderful the incarnation is, mm-hmm. how wonderful the life of Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you're saying that it's kind of twofold. Mm-hmm. Um, the incarnation is about God coming to be with us, to comfort us. Yes. Uh, be close to us, but it is also to kickstart kind of the uh, the, the movement, the resistance yeah. um, against the works of the enemy. Yeah, because, I mean, it's just, it's it's like a domino effect. You have mm-hmm. the incarnation, uh, then you have uh, Jesus receiving the Spirit, and then you mm-hmm. have him uh, living a perfect life only to be crucified, mm-hmm. then, he res- then he, the resurrection, and then you know, the hope of the second coming mm-hmm. is the next thing of the, of the yeah. domino falling. Yeah, and uh, the birth of the church. Yes. Uh, with the coming of the Holy Spirit. In yeah, Acts and that we two. can have yeah. God in us kind of that through, through the Holy Spirit. Of the time. Yeah. yeah. And the Great Commission of Matthew 28. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. 
So I want to share a quick story, and then I think you have a really cool quote for us if you want to use yes. it. But uh, one of the coolest stories I've ever heard um, as an illustration for this was, uh, if I can tell, tell it uh, the right way. So uh, picture um, a grandpa in a living room, and he's, he's next to uh, his toddler grandson that's in the pack and play. Right. Mom's in the kitchen, um, you know, doing dishes and getting things ready. And uh, the, the little youngster, the toddler, wants out, but he's kind of in like a little toddler timeout. Right. And uh, the toddler keeps putting his arms up and reaching to grandpa, but mom's adamant, like, he can't get out of timeout. So, right. So, again, the toddler's just calling, you know, grandpa, grandpa, and the grandpa's heart's just being tugged. Like, what do I do? I want to get my grandson out. And so um, the, gra- the, the grandpa has an idea. So things get quiet. The grandson stops asking for, for grandpa, and the mom looks around. And what she sees is she sees that grandpa got in the pack and play with the toddler. <laughs> so to me, I love that picture that God, you know, we need rescuing um, and God doesn't force us or make us come to him. Uh, he comes to us yeah, in I mean, the mess and everything. That's just a, that's a really cool illustration. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So I have a, a last quote um, by a theologian named Dietrich uh, Bonhoeffer. And he's just, he's just one of those guys who I just come back to, um, and it's just so rich every time I read it. But to put a little bit of a backstory on this, um, he was a German. He was a German teacher, and he had just gotten engaged, and he was arrested by by Nazis because of his anti-rhetoric against the Nazi movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this comes from a letter that he wrote to his fiance, uh, and he, he said this, and then just when everything is bearing down on us. To such an extent that we can scarcely withstand it, the Christmas message comes to tell us that all our ideas are wrong and that what we take to be evil and dark is really good and light because it comes from God. Our eyes are a fault. That is all. God is in the major. Wealth in poverty, light in darkness, secure in abandonment. No evil can befall us. Whatever men may do to us, they cannot serve the God who is secretly revealed as love and rules the world and our lives. Mm-hmm. I just I just think that is so cool, especially in this year. When I read that, I was like, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing fully matters outside of the incarnation mm-hmm. and the hope that it brought and the hope that it fulfilled. Yeah. And it reminds me of our Romans 8, uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? Exactly. That's awesome. No, so that's a really cool, that's a cool place to end. And um, yeah, I just really wanted to speak and just that, that theme of hope and what incarnation mm-hmm. meant and, and what it is supposed to serve during the time of Christmas mm-hmm. and, and why it is just an awesome time of the year to just rejoice that we have a Savior, to rejoice that He came and He became one of us and He endured to the end and His mission was fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, I just want to encourage those who might be listening, uh, wherever you are, whatever you have going on, I hope that you are encouraged to know that God came near to you, and uh, we celebrate that at Christmas. One of his names is Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. And uh, again, man, if God is with us, that makes all the difference. And so it's so so encouraging. Yeah. So whenever you guys are listening to this, I just pray, I pray that it reaches you. Um, it's an awesome topic to really research uh, for yourselves. And uh, God bless you during this holiday season, and peace be with you. 
Thank you for joining us today on the Evident Church Podcast. If you want to leave us some feedback or you want us to cover a topic of the Bible or maybe a set of verses, please email us at podcast.evidentchurch.com. Be blessed and tune in next time.